Hello, I'm Brett Gilliland, host of the Circuit of Success podcast, and here's what's coming up on the show. I knew you were relatively raw in this world, but our advisors were so attracted to your message and your energy that I wanted to get you out there, but I had to see if you were willing to make some of these changes, and I did. And that that really was a defining moment because then I came up and did their series of events and you know the, the energy took off and then next thing you know I'm speaking all around the world with some of the largest groups in the world so but that was a real defining moment at the time it wasn't fun to listen to that but sometimes we need some of that tough love and yeah you know I'm always grateful for that I'm your host Brett Gilliland today I've got the privilege of interviewing again for the second time Chris Johnson what's up Chris how you doing Hey, Brett, how are you? Happy to be back. I can't believe it's been since, I think you said April 2018. April of 2018 is when we chatted last. It's uh, it's crazy. I said time flies when we're having fun. And, uh, yeah, we're, and we're doing yeah, that. It's craziness. You were also probably the only person I know that uh, on my podcast, uh, at least, I've had your son, Matt. I've had your daughter, Kristen, on the show. So we've had all three of you on and, and – uh, it's been awesome. I just love that. Matt and I have stayed connected. And I still got to get Matt out on the golf course because I've heard, I've seen he's a pretty good golfer. So we're going to have to see who wins some cash from each other. Who are you putting your money on? Yeah. You know, is he still playing? <laughs> yeah, I play, but, uh, you know, I'm like an eight handicap and he's, you know, he's good. He's really good. Okay. So, yeah, it's amazing. He doesn't play that much anymore, but man, he's still good. So, yeah. Well, kids have a way of doing that, yeah. don't they? Yeah. So I don't, I don't really. I used to try to play him you know, straight up and I always would lose, but as just my <laughs> ego getting in the way. And then now I still take, take strokes and I still lose. <laughs> <It doesn't matter. laughs> yeah. Those stroke things are fun, but they're frustrating too, aren't they? Yeah. So you are the uh, founder and CEO of on target living, um, author of, of numerous books. Uh, you've got a new book out called rest, eat, move. Uh, you have the power to feel your best. So we'll talk about that. Uh, I read this book right here in 2018, Capacity. Uh, you and your son, Chris, wrote that. Uh, I'm sorry, you and your son, Matt, wrote that. And um, it's just an amazing book. Amazing book. I love it. So we'll, we'll dive into your stuff uh, as well. But if you could, for those that didn't hear us back in 2018, Chris, just maybe give us a little lay of the land on, on who you are, what's, what's made you the man you are today. Well, Brett, uh, without getting into the weeds too much, uh, you know, I'm, I turned 66 this year. I've been doing this a long time, over 35 years. But I was a business economic major at Western Michigan, so I'm here at our headquarters here in East Lansing, Michigan. And um, when I got out of school, I was I, there wasn't really a lot of jobs, but I had kind of thought about what do I really want to do? And I was always interested in exercise and working out and eating right. I got into bodybuilding in the early 80s. And then I decided to go back to grad school and so I went to back to grad school at Michigan State in exercise physiology. And when I got out of grad school, I worked uh, in a hospital doing stress testing. And I worked for a private practice doctor for a couple of years. But really, the thing all started to change when I went to work at the Michigan Athletic Club as a director of fitness and personal training. And I did that for about 17 years. And that's when I started speaking. And I wrote uh, a couple of books. And then I decided to take my... Um, my deal on the road uh, in 2007, and I've been full-time speaking and, and since then. And then, as you mentioned, my daughter and my son, my son Matt, runs our business, and we have a nice team here. And we have a beautiful headquarters in East Lansing. And, and so what we try to do is help organizations uh, be their best and feel their best. So yeah. that's where we're at today. And um, we also have a very uh, 
vibrant e-commerce business. We sell wheatgrass and cod liver oil and things like that. So yeah. content, yeah. Uh, delivery training, and then our e-commerce. So that's our business. And, and would you say that the the bulk of what you guys are doing, like you said, really is, is around those three things, right? Rest, uh, eat, move, uh, and, and, and in what order, right? Because I think all three of them are equally as important. Uh, maybe you would, I assume you would agree with that, but we'll dive into that. But let, let's talk about if we can for a while, there's a lot of business owners and people in sales that listen to this podcast that what, what was it like the grind for you? So, it, you know, you made it sound easy, which you guys have done an amazing, you got amazing business, but what, what were you doing during the early days when you didn't have uh, a well-oiled machine running a business? What was it like? What, what were the day-to-day like for you? You're raising a family, uh, young kids and traveling and doing all those things. What was it like? Well, like many of your uh, listeners, viewers that, yeah, it's a grind. When I got out of grad school, in fact, when I entered grad school, my wife came back to me and said, hey, you know, honey, we're pregnant. And I go, oh, okay. Um, and then a couple of months later, we found out we're having twins. So I'm working full-time driving a, a Frito-Lay truck, delivering Doritos. And she's working full-time in a law firm. And we're raising two, you know, two twins. And then uh, I'm in grad school full-time. So was it a grind? Absolutely. And so you look back and you're like, how in the heck did we do it? And then uh, I think that work ethic, again, I'm, I'm old school, but when I worked in the Michigan Athletic Club, you know, I was working 60 hours a week every week. And we had one of the largest personal training programs in the world. And, um, and slowly over time, it was that bedrock of training that I realized, okay, how do I take this and scale it? And so when I started speaking full time, my wife, I can't remember coming back to her and I remember uh, Merrill Lynch reached out to me and wanted me to do this training for their advisors. And um, they came back and said, we want you to do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, well, I have a full-time job. I can't do that. And I thought to myself, I'm like, hey, time's time's to go. So anyway, I started on Target Living in 2006 and I went full-time speaking in 2007. It was just me and um, Dawn Miller and she scheduled my events. And and then, then Matt came on 12 years ago and, but yeah, it's uh, it's like any business, you know. People say, "Well, I want to do what you do," and I'm like, "Well, do you really want to speak for free for five years?" They're right. Like, what are you talking about? I said, "Well, you know, it just doesn't happen." So I think sometimes people, you know, nobody's a black belt, you know, to start with. Everybody's a white belt. Yeah. And so I always tell people, you know, you do the Jim Collins thing. You got to have the kind of like your circle of success podcast. You have to have passion and. And you got to feel like you can make a living at it. And last but not least, you need to be feel like you can be really good at it. So I think that's the circle we always talk about. But as you mentioned, it doesn't happen overnight. And um, I probably wouldn't do it any other way. Because again, the, the struggles we all face, whether it's our health or whatever, but some of the good best stuff is through the struggles. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and so do you have a, a defining moment? I was in a meeting earlier today and we we're talking about uh, we're going to have an event coming up in March on Inter- International Women's Day um, on March 8th. And I was talking to three of the ladies in our firm. And I said, let's talk about a defining moment. Like I had a defining moment in my life in 2003. So I started in the business in 2001, 2002. I was like the advisor of the year in in our, in our, you know, in our area here in St. Louis uh, for the company I was at. And then 2003, I, I should have been fired. I mean, I, I didn't do any production. It just, you know, I let this talent think that's just going to carry you. And it was a defining moment for me, right? To, to where I learned you have to work hard. 
You can't just show up and expect things to happen. You got to work your ass off to become successful. And even though it was the toughest year of my life, it, in looking back now, 22 years later, it was the best year of my life, right? So do you have a moment like that for you on the, on the way up, on the journey that you said, man, that looking back, that was a defining moment? Yeah, I think there, there is many defining moments, but one that I can really think about. Um, I had an opportunity to get on the biggest stages in the world with Merrill Lynch uh, way back in 2007. It was just before the market kind of imploded. Um, but I was doing this event for Merrill Lynch managers, about 3,500 people in the audience, and I didn't get a rehearsal. And so before I was going to get up on stage, you know, one thing got pushed back, one thing got pushed back. And the next thing you know, when I get up there, this is not ready to roll in front of 3,500 mm. people. And so the woman that hired me, I didn't know she was in the audience. And I talked to her about a couple of days later. And she said, hey, how'd the event go? And I go, well, it's really tough to start with. And she says, um, she asked me a question, are you a professional speaker? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, you need to act like one. And I Ooh. said, what do you mean? She said, I was in your audience and you weren't ready to go. You didn't even know where your clicker was. You didn't this. And I got, and I'm, I'm now making excuses that, you know, the reason I didn't know that is because they didn't give me a rehearsal. And she mm -hmm. said, well, any professional speaker would have never stepped on, up on stage in front of 3,500 people without a rehearsal. And she said, you know, I have you scheduled for some of these largest events that we do. I don't think you're ready to go. And I thought to myself, I go, I am ready to go. And you're right. I did drop the ball. I need to do this. She goes, you're tired. Your slides are tired. Your jokes aren't funny. I go, <laughs> so I really got hit between the teeth. But she was exactly right. She, she said, you know, later I, I saw potential in you. I knew you were relatively raw in this world, but our advisors were so attracted to your message and your energy that I wanted to get you out there. But I had to see if you were willing to make some of these changes. And I did. And that, that really was a defining moment because then I came up and did their series of events and, you know, the, the energy took off. And then next thing you know, I'm speaking all around the world with some of the largest groups in the world. So, but that was a real defining moment at the time. It wasn't fun to listen to that, but sometimes we need some of that tough love. And, yeah, you know, I'm always grateful for that. Yeah, it is amazing, isn't it? The tough <laughs> love and how... In the in the moment, it sucks, right? You probably were pissed at her. It's like you know, you don't understand. I, I got this. I'm good. This is your guys' fault. But then when you slow down and learn from it, that's when it becomes really, really valuable information, right? Well, and then now when I go to an event, I'm always, you know, I, I'm overly friendly. I want to be. I'm not that. You know, I don't want to be that person. But at the same time, I I I treat it like you know what? If I don't have a rehearsal and I'm not I'm not going on. And so I've really learned along the way, because a lot of times you get with different people, whether it's the AV teams or whatever, and they'll say, we're all set. I'm like, no, we're not at set. We're going to make sure this thing rolls. And even doing that, sometimes it doesn't always, you know, go off. But, you know, you, you have to set the tone. You have to let them know that I'm coming in here. My goal is to have an amazing impact of as much as I can, but it's got to it's got to be in the right realm. So yeah. and then we do the same thing, you know. I deal with podcasts and virtual events and the same things as, you know, preparation is everything. What's the process look like? And um, sometimes that's what I teach, you know, other, other people in this space. I'm like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, you got to, what's your process? What's it like before you're going to get up on stage? What do you do? You know, the day before, what do you, what do you, what, how are you preparing? So, so again, that's the stuff that I think people, um, 
you know, once they get the process in place and they really start to polish it, whether it's an advisor or whatever profession you're in, then you can really, really get good at what you do. Yeah. And I, I just love the fact that I want to make sure we're spending more time on that, that you talk about the preparation, you talk about the rehearsal. I mean, we you're the 325th person I've interviewed and just had our sixth anniversary, but it's, you know, we have the same process every time, right? There's your picture. There's your bio. There's your stuff. Here's my notebooks over the last couple of years. You know, they're the same notebook. And I don't say right. this as in bragging. It's, it's, but you got to have a process, right? So when I'm getting ready for my interview with you today, what does that look like, right? So if it's a sales meeting somebody's walking into, yeah, maybe you've given the same sales presentation a million times, but that million first time matters just as much as the first time. And so what are you doing to make that process better? So for me, my question for you there is, what do you do now to stay a student of the game to keep getting better and growing from what you do every single day? Well, I think I always try to do, and number one, I want to be prepared. So I just did a webinar with a group out of Chicago just before I came on. And so preparation is starting at, we did it at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So at 10 o'clock, we're getting ready. Lights, camera, action. I've already done, I already know who I'm talking to, what we've done with them. I know the players, you know, it's all that preparation. And then I go through my slides and this is what we're going to discuss. And I kind of rehearse in my mind what I'm going to do. And then I try to bring as much energy to the party as I can. And so it's the the same thing over and over. And then you step back and say, okay, what resonated with them? What kind of Q&A did we do? What were they asking? What were they not asking? So then you make some notes to yourself and like, hey, this really resonated with them. These are the questions we're getting. And so it's not an accident now that you're hitting those points during your presentation in the future. So to me, even though it might be similar, but it's always new. And so if you're not making it new and fresh, like if you did how many webinars or how many podcasts have you done? You said 325. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Well, if it's 325 and you're bored, then your listeners and your viewers are going to feel like it, you're bored. So right. I'm not bored. I'm excited. I want to see the twinkle in their eye. Even sometimes I can't see it, you know, with virtual, but that's my goal. My goal is to say, how can I share this content, which I think is really important, but maybe help them understand how important it is and that how they can take it and put it into their world. So that's always the challenge and that's the exciting part of it. But yeah, a lot of a preparation, always looking at how can I make it better? And I'm a big fan of being curious, you know, asking questions and being really curious and what can we do better? And any, and as you know, this, you're good at this and this is what you do. But when you think you know it all, you pretty much don't know a whole lot. So, <laughs> right. so yeah, exactly. I've been doing this a long time and I always feel like I can learn something. So I'm going to uh, turn the page a little bit, and uh, and I, I say this as be, not just because you're a guest on the show. I, I truly mean this, or I wouldn't say it. Is you, I think you look younger today than you did in 2018. So one of the things I wrote down, I, I wrote down is, how do we age gracefully, right? You got a lot of 40-year-olds probably listening to this podcast, and uh, I don't know exactly how old you are, but you look younger than you did five years ago, so that's a good thing. So let's talk about yeah, that. Well, how I, do we I, age I, gracefully? I turn, I turn. Yeah. So I'm, t- I'm turning 66. I have five grandkids. Um, as you know, Matt and Kristen are going to be 37. So um, yeah, Tab's in the room with me. Tab's going to be 75 uh, in the fall. And we, um, we've we been friends for a long, long time. And we try to take care of business because you got to walk the walk. But if you think about aging, you know, my book was set up. You know, if you looked at my book here, I just pull it up here so people can see it. 
But the reason rest is first, eat, move, is because rest is really the pillar. And so if you don't have that pillar of rest, I just did a um, MITCON conference, MIT conference in Boston in the fall. And I was telling all the group, these are all CFOs, some of the top CFOs in the world. And I said, you got to be intentional about your rest. And if you look at the financial services arena, I find more and more advisors don't get enough rest. Mm-hmm. That's when I get their blood work back and we look at their blood work and their testosterone level for both men and women, it's low. I already know that they're not getting enough sleep. So, so then they were like, how'd you know that? I'm like, well, because if your stress hormones are on, you're building your sex hormones are turned off or off. So, so the point of it is, is we have to understand the power of, of resting. And again, if you're not sleeping, that's the fastest way to age the human body. So we're a big fan of understanding stress and understanding, you know, the conversations you have with yourself because stress is a killer. And then uh, you have to have strategies to be in performing your best from a rest standpoint. And that's how you breathe. You know, are you breathing through your nose, using your diaphragm, are you slowing it down? Because we're just the opposite. We breathe through the mouth, we breathe through the chest, and we breathe too fast. So one of the fastest way to calm the mind, relax the body is change how you breathe. And then, and then we move into sleeping and how important it is. And with all the social influencers and we deal with every day, but people think they need, they can hack their sleep. And I tell them, here's the deal. There's nothing more important than getting a good night of sleep. You have to understand the value of sleep. And if you think you want to hack it, I'm, I'm here to tell you, you can't. There's right. no hacking. Sleep. And the last but not least, do you like the pace of your life? I find a lot of people, especially in the financial services arena, love what they do. They do not like the pace of their life. So then we have to deal with that. And then from there, we move into, you know, are they getting enough water? You know, what nutrients are they missing? Are they eating more whole foods? And then you know, are they fasting 12 to 14 hours? And then we move in our body, we're getting sunlight. Um, so those are really as simple as it sounds. It's no different than you were talking about your process. That's what I do with people when they come in and do retreats. We do one-on-one training or we do live events is we help them build a, a sustainable uh, foundation that allows them to age and be vibrant, you know, in that capacity as, as we age. And I think people are looking for that. And we just got back from skiing out in Colorado and I'm skiing with two of my friends and we're both, you know, they're a little bit younger than me, but you know, all in that same 65 range. And I was teasing them. I'm like, Hey, Hey, I've never seen you guys ski this good. And they're like, you know what? I'd have never seen you ski this good. And we we're all kind of patting each other on the back, but <laughs> it really was. It was three 65-year-olds who've been skiing their whole life that are are doing pretty good. So I think that's what people are looking for from an aging standpoint. They want to they want to have that vibrancy as they age. And again, um, it's the body is incredible in its ability to heal and self-correct if you just give it the right right ingredients. Yeah. So what were you doing? I always compare this to like investing money. You can't invest a dollar today and expect it to be, you know, worth $3 tomorrow. Right. Well, I mean, I guess you could get lucky and do that. The point is it's compounding it's time. Right. And same thing with our exercise at 65 years old, skiing, doing all that. How many people listening to this right now want to be 65 and skiing, raise your hand. I think a lot of people will be raising their hand. But what were you doing when you were 35 years old or 40 years old, right? What have you been doing for the last 30, 40, 50 years of your life to be where you're at now to be skiing at age 65? Well, I think the big thing, you know, way back in the day, I was an exercise physiologist. So I was always interested in playing and, you know, I played sports and 
working out and all that kind of stuff. So I've always been a big fan of strength training because strength training is the fountain of youth. I would say today, I've probably, we did a podcast that comes out on Monday on strength training, but I think the way I, I stretch a lot more, I work on more mobility, flexibility. I train a lot smarter than I used to. I would say my nutrition is so much better than it used to be. Um, I'm a big fan of wheatgrass and cod liver oil and just eating real quality whole foods. And then I'm really intentional about my rest. So I think I've polished the, the stone quite a bit as I've gotten older, but I always was interested in my health. I think that's the biggest thing that you have to get people to be intentional about their health. And if they're not intentional about it, no different than their wealth, they're not going to have it. And so it really is what you just said. It's compound, compound interest. You just build and build and build, and then you keep getting better at it. And I think that's what you're, your, your group would tell you as advisors or whoever's listening to this, it's all about how do you do what you're doing and, and you know, make it 1% better or whatever, wherever you're at and what's driving you. So I think that's for me, I've always been interested in it, but I've learned a lot over time. I, I know a lot about medications. I know a lot about blood work that I didn't know early in my career, Yeah. but those are things that I, I've, I've definitely um, for myself personally, I, I try to really pay attention to those three pillars that are how we rest, eat, and move. So that let's talk about that. The, you said strength training. Um, you're a big fan of that. So, you know, I do strength training. I do yoga. I do stretching. I do, you know, a rower or a bike or a, or a treadmill, all those different things. I got, I got another exercise. I do a lot for mobility type stuff. How much time should we be spending on weights versus, you know, mobility, flexibility type stuff and versus cardio? Those three areas. Well, I think number one is you got to get people interested in understanding that they need to move their body every day. That mindset needs to change. I need to move every day. Now, it could be five minutes, could be 10 minutes, but I'm going to move my body sometime during the day because the greatest benefit of moving your body is what it does for your mind. And so we got to get out of the mindset that workouts is just for my body, heart rate variability and all the stuff that's going on out there. But what it does for my mind. So I'm going to move my body every day. And then from there, I would spend a lot less time doing cardio and a lot more time working on mobility, flexibility, balance, and strength. And I think that's the missing link out there for many people. Getting on a treadmill or getting on elliptical or getting on these things, there's nothing wrong with letting your brain kind of just chill out. But that's where I see the mistake. People are getting very, very, they're spending too much time doing cardio and not enough balance in the routine. And so when I bring them in and we do training, and they're doing X, Y, Z, I'll challenge them. What's your balance like? What's your mobility flexibility like? What's your strength like? And so now we start looking at what are their goals and then really start training specifically for goals and then make it make it enjoyable. I think that's the big thing when you talk about movement. It has to be somewhat enjoyable where you're not going to repeat it. So I'm yeah. a big fan of play. You know, as we age, we need to play. I just mentioned about skiing. But then you want to train to play. And so yeah. I have a lot of people pickleball and, you know, I play a lot of paddle ball, but that's their workout. That's what they do. They right. play to get in shape. like, no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta train to, to play. So anyway, so that's really my, kind of my thoughts on, on creating that balance in your, in your workout or, you know, your movement routine. And so what's that look like for you or for, you know, people again, in whether they're 35, 45 or 65, what, 
what are you doing? Like, what is that? Are you just literally old school stretching? Is it, there a program for that? Like, what yeah, are you so doing I, there? so yeah. So in my book, and again, we have it on our workout Wednesdays on our website on target living, but I always start some type of movement. So I'll get in there and I'll do dynamic warm up. I'm moving my arms overhead. I'm twisting, but I'm warming the body up. And then I do a, a group, a handful of yoga poses that works on my mobility, flexibility, balance, and strength. That might take me a total amount of time, maybe five to six, eight minutes. But I'm a big fan of working on your extremities. Like, for example, I do mobility, flexibility, wrist exercises, hands, my feet, my ankles. So I, I'm always doing that kind of stuff. And then I do generally some type of cardio. Like today, I did mini trampoline. So I get on the mini trampoline for a minute. I'm hopping, running, jumping, doing over. And then I get off that and I do a three-day strength split routine. So today I did chest and back and core. I do the mini trampoline. And at the end of the workout, after I'm warmed up, I'm going to do some restorative stretching. So I work on the hip flexors. I work on my back. I work on all these different things. And that would be something I didn't do probably 20 years ago. So that allows me to keep my mobility, flexibility, and not hurt myself and feel good. So that's kind of a typical routine for me. I yeah. warm up to get my heart rate somehow up there. I'm going to do the strength training, and then I'm going to do, finish up with some type of restorative movement, and then I work on my breathing at the end. And I find mm -hmm. many, many clients coming in that they, you know, they're like your clients. I mean, they're going 900 miles an hour. They're super right. successful. In their but they'll say to me sometimes, this is the best hour of my week. And I said, why is that? And they said, because you intentionally get me to slow down at the end. Yeah. 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 So that breathing, is it more of a meditation type breathing or is it like belly breathing, box breathing? What, what kind of breathing are you doing? It's, 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 it's traditional belly breathing. So again, you're going to breathe through the nose, you know, use your diaphragm, your belly. And then I'm a big fan of, you know, the four second inhalation and the six second exhalation. And so if you can get people to do that and they do, we do that for a minute or so, the next thing you know, they're breathing five or six breaths per minute versus, you know, so it's a skill that people have to yeah. learn because as they learn it, they're going to just be naturally slow breathers using the diaphragm. Yeah. And then understanding the power of box breathing is more an energy thing. That's why the Navy SEALs do it because they're getting ready to go into battle. So I'm not a big fan of holding the breath when I'm really trying to get them to chill out, but there's lots of different ways. In fact, in chapter in my book, I have the lost art of breathing. It's, you know, it's a whole chapter on breathing, but yeah. if you make a simple nose, belly, slowing it down, that's, that's really powerful stuff for people. And I, I have found too, I've, I've been uh, um, focused on breathing and meditation for gosh, probably seven, eight years now. And it, it's been a life changer for me from a guy that's got a ton of anxiety. It's, it's been probably the number one thing I would say actually that's helped me get through anxiety and, and now it be an ally uh, versus an enemy. But I would say it's also a big deal that when you're sitting in that meeting and you're in a boardroom versus working out and you kind of have some anxiousness come in or man, this is a really big meeting. And, and, you know, you have to have a tough conversation. I have found the training, that training, right, you do in the gym also has helped sitting at a desk, right? That it's like, okay, I well, can, I can yeah. quote unquote meditate and you not even know it, right? But I'm slowing my heart rate down. Well, again, you, what you're just saying, now you've developed a skill. This is a skill. People are like, oh, I already know that. Well, you don't practice this, so it hasn't turned into a skill. Yeah. So when I look at breathing, you want to teach people the skill of how to breathe. In fact, I had a couple in last night. I have birthday balloons. And this is something all your advisors can do with their clients. But get a bunch of birthday balloons and have them blow it up. And they know the strength of the diaphragm right then. And so mm. now you get their attention. 
So if you don't have that strength in the diaphragm, you will become more of a chest breather, especially as you age. And the fastest way to quiet the nervous system, which is your sympathetic nervous system, that's fight or flight, is changing how you breathe. So now we have a skill that I can calm the mind, relax the body, and I can do it on demand. And nobody even knows you're doing it. <laughs> right. Sometimes when I do alternate nostril breathing, that's a whole nother level. Yeah. My wife will say, you know, you're an idiot. I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> she, she knows we're probably not having a great conversation. Yeah. And as like, soon as I do me. that, she, start, she starts to laugh and then, you know, things become a little bit more relaxed. But right. the breathing is a powerful skill. Yes, it is. It is. What have you seen? I'm sure you have. You've been doing this a long time. I've I've been seeing people these these people on social media that tape their mouth at night to to sleep. What, what are well, they doing? Well, the big there? thing we were running out during COVID: toilet paper and mouth tape. And so when James Nestor came out with you know the book Breathe, which is about 400 pages about how to breathe, you know he he lead starts his book off talking about you know having the awareness with the mouth mouth tape. And so when people, you know, tape their, your, your nose closed and they breathe only through the mouth, that turns into a disaster. And then we do the mouth tape. Now they realize they breathe a lot more through the mouth than they knew. So it's more of an awareness thing. I don't think you need to go to a level where you have to tape your right. mouth, but being more aware of it during your day and people around you, how many people breathe through their mouth and not through their nose. So during my day, most of the time, I try to breathe through the nose 24-7, even when I'm in the gym, unless the intensity gets too high. So yeah. that's just an illness that, but yeah, I don't think people need to go to the yeah. extremes of mouth. Yeah. I, I'm with you. And you exhale through your mouth when you're breathing? I always breathe, exhale through my nose, inhale through my nose, exhale through my nose. Okay. Okay. So it's more, you know, because the nasal passages are the switchboard for the nervous system. And there's nothing wrong, like in yoga, they're always getting you to exhale through the mouth. There's nothing wrong with that. But I like to teach my clients, inhale, exhale through the nose. Okay. It's good to know. So let's talk about the eating. So we talked about rest. It's the fastest way to age a human body if we're not doing it. We got to be purposeful with it. We got to be intentional. Uh, we've talked about moving right mm -hmm. there. Let's talk about eat. I went a little bit out of order, but uh, rest, eat, okay. move. What are we talking about eating now? What, what kind of habits do we need to be creating? We, we all know that, right? Eat healthy, eat your vegetables, shop around the, the exterior edges of the, of the grocery store and all that stuff. But let's dive deeper into that. Well, I think the biggest thing you have to understand about eating is if the nervous system is out of balance, you can't have good digestion. And so the first thing you have to get under control is stress and understand the power of sleeping and the breathing and all this stuff. Once you can understand that a little bit, it's now, think about what nutrients are you missing? Is it B vitamins, it's omega-3 fats, whatever it is. And number two, what are you not absorbing? So I always try to teach all my clients that your gut is a garden. And if you look at your gut as a garden, then everything begins in the gut. So hormones, melatonin, serotonin, all these wonderful neurotransmitters, sleep hormones, or testosterone, growth hormone, it's all made in the gut. Well, if the gut's not healthy, you're not going to be healthy. So step one is you got to get the gut healthy, treat it like a garden. That's the soil. That's the seeds. That's the water. That's the sunlight. So once that's under control, then we start looking at, you know, where do we begin? And it really begins with pre-pro and symbiotic foods, not supplements, but foods. And most of those live in the carbohydrate family. So it's apples, bananas, real oatmeal, sauerkraut, pickles. You know, we have a whole handout on, you know, uh, pre-pro and symbiotics, cacao nibs, coconut, 
So once I start bringing some of those real foods into the body, then we get into the water, making sure they're hydrated because water, as simple as it sounds for everybody, if they don't put it in front of them, they get behind, it's too late. Yeah. So you really need to get, you know, the minimum water. I'm a big fan of ginger and, you know, uh, lemons and things like that. But then, then we move into the superfoods. And so this is a big part of our business. I don't want to be a commercial here, but, you know, cod liver oil, we, we promote sell cod liver oil because omega-3 fats is about 95% of your population deficient. And the number one benefit of omega-3 fats, including cod liver oil, is brain health. And so when you talk about aging, if you're not getting an omega-3 fat, you will not age well. So it's good for your skin, your digestion, your heart. It's great for hormones, anti-inflammatory, um, and it's high in vitamin D3 naturally. So the first thing I try to get all my clients to get some from omega-3s, flax, chia, the cod liver oil. And then from there, we move into chlorophyll because chlorophyll is great for the gut, anything dark green, but really want to start eating chlorophyll foods. So that's going to be kale, spinach, broccoli, bok choy. And then what we promote is spirulina chlorella, which is a freshwater algae, which is high in nucleic acids, a builder immune system, and then frozen wheatgrass. So now we cover lots of ground with very little supplementation. And that gets us to the next piece, which is the source. And what the source means is where does it come from? So if you're eating an apple, you know the apple's the source, then we turn it into apple cider vinegar or apple cider vinegar gummies. We keep moving away. And that's what the that's what I see right now in the world today. Everybody's doing all these supplements. And reality is, why? Just because you put it in the body doesn't that mean your body's gonna break it down and absorb it. So mm. so that's nutritionally when you say, okay, let's get the gut healthy. Let's look at some of those foods that make the gut healthy, make sure you're getting enough water. Then we look at certain nutrients we're missing. Like my oatmeal on the run in the morning is loaded with B vitamins, loaded with magnesium, but it's all coming from food. So it's 100% rolled, thick oats, cacao nibs, shredded coconut, so maybe some frozen raspberry, a couple of raisins, some nuts, plant milk, cinnamon in the refrigerator the night before, loaded. And again, when I'm doing training here at our facility with our clients, especially in the morning, I bring it so that they may like, oh my God, this is so easy and it's so this and so that. And by the way, it tastes good and it's great for my gut health. So, but so that's really what that in the bowl. Last... You put that into a bowl yeah. at night before you go to bed or whatever, put it in there and it's ready to rock the next day. You have nothing to do other than just start eating it. You just start eating it. Yeah. So again, simple. We bring groups in here. I had a group in here a couple weeks ago, 25 people. I made oatmeal the night before. Probably took me maybe, maybe took me a minute to make. Doesn't cost hardly anything. But the right. real thick oats, put them in the, the glass container, put your stuff in it the night before. It's perfect oatmeal. Can't really screw it up. Any monkey can make it. And <laughs> that's the only in, – in our in our cookbook here, the only recipe I get credit for is the oatmeal on the run. So the kids are <laughs> kind of making fun of me in the in that. So And then from, and from there, from there, we look at, you know, meal patterning and the timing. And so once I start upgrading using the food target, so if you're, you know, if you're, if your folks aren't familiar with this food target, we can send you this again, it's easy yeah. to do. You can send it to your listeners, but it's just upgrading and then look at your timing. Am I fasting 12 to 14 hours overnight? And am I eating, you know, three or four or five times a day? So, and that's the big thing out there right now is like everybody's skipping meals, shrinking their time. I'm like, no, no, if yeah. you want to be healthy and have good gut health and, not stress the body, not be on a diet, then you need to make sure you're fasting overnight and then you're 
you're eating throughout the day. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we make this so hard sometimes. It is. It's amazing, isn't it? But you just go back to the normal things the way our forefathers ate, you know, hundreds of years ago. It's pretty simple. Well, I think the thing we're seeing more today, you know, whether it's the keto or whatever, so we're cutting macronutrients out of the diet and that's not going to work. Yep. So, you know, back in the, back in the eighties, we cut out fat in the nineties. We had a high protein, low carb today. It's the high fat, no carb. So we need those macronutrients because they're essential. We need yeah. healthy fats, you need healthy proteins, and you need healthy carbs. So that's what's that's where people are getting it wrong, in my opinion. And I'm seeing this because and that's the world we deal with with their blood work. I get their blood work back and their hematology report's not good. Their GFR, their kidney function's not good. Testosterone's lower than they want it to be. They don't know what they're doing wrong. I'm like, well, yeah, you're doing protein shakes. You're doing energy drinks. You know, it's not an accident to what I see. Right. And then they waking up because the blood work doesn't lie. And so what's the wheatgrass do for us? So the wheatgrass is high in chlorophyll, which is naturally detoxifying, but wheatgrass is the highest source of minerals of okay. any nutrient in the world. So that's, it's grown in the ground for five months. We get ours from a, a farm about 120 miles north of Toronto. So the wheatgrass comes to your house in a frozen ice cube and you can just put it in a glass of water. And it's the first thing most people do in the morning. That's, that's a big, that's a big thing we try to promote because it covers so much ground. I don't have to take all these minerals because it is in the food back to the source. So, so that's then it really just melts over time. Premise. It just, it just yeah, melts it's, in the water yeah, and pretty, just, yeah, you just drink it and it's clean tasting. And, you know, I had a couple in here last night and um, they're like, is this going to taste bad? I'm like, you be the judge. I'm like, wow, it tastes pretty clean. I'm like, yeah, it's not supposed to taste bad. Yeah. I think with the cod liver, cod liver roast shouldn't taste bad. So organic lemon flavor. So, and if I'm doing an omega-3 vitamin, do you like that versus uh, the – because you guys do the liquid, right? Yeah, so the reason we – so back to the source. So, again, if you looked at this bottle here, we get it from Dutch Harbor, Alaska. It's high in vitamin D3. It's line-caught. Livers are frozen on the boat. But now the dosage, one tablespoon a day, would probably be equivalent to maybe six, eight, ten gel tablets. So now you're not wow. doing the gel tablets. So again, we're getting away from this. So my dose isn't as good. The quality is not as good. But then people are afraid of the taste. I'm like, okay, you try it. And they're like, that's when I do live events or Matt does it or Kristen. We take these things and people are shocked at the taste. I'm like, well, it, it, it shouldn't taste bad. So that's what we're missing out there. It's no different than financial services arena. It's all about the quality. And if yeah. you can get people to do higher quality and do the compound interest, then their need for all these little itty bitty supplements starts to disappear. That's great. I really appreciate all this. And we'll keep dying. We'll put the link uh, for those listening and watching to the rest, eat, move. Uh, you have the power to feel your best book in the, in the show show notes here, pick it up. I can tell you they're great authors because I have read their books and uh, it's phenomenal. So I'll be buying that one as soon as we get off here. Yep. I'm going to buy some wheat. Don't be buying, I've been fighting the wheatgrass. Don't be buying it. We'll, we'll, we'll send it to you. I'll send all you right. the book. I, I've been uh, fighting the wheatgrass and cod liver oil, so I'm just I'm, I circled it and said buy it. That's why I put in my notes right here. So I'll be you'll, you'll be getting a sale, at least one sale today well, out of me. Well, I think I think our cod liver oil. No, I'm not thinking. I know it. It's I think it's the best quality in the world. Yeah. And so we spent a lot of time and energy really getting that. And the same thing goes with the wheatgrass. So again, you be the judge. But yeah, those yeah. are two really powerful um, superfoods that we we recommend. And then my last thing kind of on the rest, eat, move thing that move, like 
how many days a week are you working out so hard that you're breaking a sweat? Like how important is that versus, you know, your flex? Like if I'm moving around and doing some of those, like I don't, I can do 40 minutes of yoga and not really sweat. So do I need to be sweating every day? No, no. Okay. What you need to be doing is you need to be doing movement. And like you said, sometimes movement's going to be more taxing and other times it's not. But if, again, if we redline all the time, that's no fun. No. So that won't last long. In fact, your stress hormones will go up. So when I'm overtraining, back to the bodybuilder, I've competed in 10 bodybuilding contests since 1985. When I was overtraining, my resting heart rate would always go up. So hmm. I don't want your, your, your viewers, your listeners to overtrain. And so that's part of the recovery. But I want you to move. So like certain days, I might just do stretching and, and I, I'm go for a walk. And it's pretty chill pill. Or maybe some yoga activities. I would yep. say yoga is easy because sometimes yoga can be really hard, challenging, oh, right. but you don't always need to break a sweat or, you know, get into anaerobic, you know, training that kind of thing. So, okay. but I'm a huge fan of what movement does for my mind. I like it. So I, I picked up uh, a couple of your core values uh, from your website. I, I, I'm a huge believer. Our firm's a huge believer in our core values, also trust and respect. Um, so I picked two, anything is possible, and then curiosity and growth. Uh, those are two of your guys' core values. So when, when you hear those, like, let's talk about that. Anything is possible. What does that mean to you? Well, when it kind of gets in towards health, again, I think your listeners all would agree. If you don't have your health, you have very little. Yeah. And so why is that not front and center for most organizations? That's why Matt and I wrote Capacity, because, again, we get always get bunted. Hey, We'll get to that when we get a chance. Well, I go, wait, wait a minute. That's your full, that's your core. Your people are always your greatest asset. And the greatest asset of your people is their health. So when, it's not about being perfect, but understanding that if I have greater energy throughout my day, I have a bit more capacity, I feel good, I get a good night's sleep to listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rock the house. Yeah. I'm gonna have so much, you know, more to give. So so that's that's the foundational pillar. So so a big part of that is if you're not going in a great direction, well, maybe start asking better questions. How could I be a little healthier? How could I enjoy the process? So I think that's the challenge all the time is I, I challenge them from a curiosity standpoint. If you're on a cholesterol medication, you don't need to be on it if you're willing to change your lifestyle. If yeah. you're a diabetic, you don't need to be a type 2 diabetic. It's not only reversible. You know, it's, 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 so, so that's where you start throwing that that curiosity that, you know, why do I, why don't I sleep anymore? Why do I have ED? Why do I have, you know, problem with my testosterone? Why, why do I have trouble sleeping? But when you get curious, you know, those are the questions we're always pushing the buttons. Then you start uncovering the real answer. And the human body, as long as I've been, you know, it's amazing ability to heal and self-correct. So it's no different if you start today and you don't have a whole lot of resources financially, we all know if you start doing a little bit at a time, it starts to add and add and add. And the next thing you know, people are doing pretty good. Yep. Taking my notes here. Awesome. Um, curiosity and growth. I think we talked about that. So um, your, your daily choices. I mean, when you look at your day, if I follow you around the camera every day, all day, what, what am I finding? Obviously, the rest, eat, move is important. But what, what are some more things, habits, rituals that you have that have helped you become you know, super successful over your lifetime? Well, I, I, a thing I really, I really focus on getting good sleep. So, and, I, and I look at my lifestyle. I try to really pay attention to 
my space in my life. So if I don't have a lot of space in my life, I'm not going to be able to write books. I'm not going to probably be very good on stage. I'm probably not going to be very good, you know, with my kids and my spouse and my grandkids. So that's really important to me. Um, and then from a business standpoint, you know, I try to bring energy here every day. I mean, I'm, a, I'm very intentional about my energy. And so as kind of a leader in our organization, you know, if I come in and I'm like, oh, yeah, I just don't feel like it today. I'm like, you kind of have to fake it sometimes. But yeah. if I'm not having good energy, then I step back and say, what am I doing that I'm not real happy about? And so, you know, what's my process look like? Do I have enough space? Do I have enough downtime? Am I going from meeting to meeting? I used to work for a hospital many, many years ago, and it was crazy how many meetings we would have in one day. So, so I really look at my space and my day, and do I have enough time to eat? Do I have enough time to move? Do I have enough time to breathe? You know, all that stuff. That's kind of why I set the foundation. And then I start really being intentional about what I'm going to get done today. So I'm always looking at like today, what, am I, what do I have to do today? I have to leave the off. I got to get it done today. So I'm not doing trying to do 10 things, but what are the three most important rocks I got to move today? Yeah. So that's kind of how I look at my business. But the foundation of my business is always based on around my lifestyle. Yeah. How much of that planning are you doing? Are you writing it down in a journal on your phone, a little post-it note? Like what's that look like for you? Well, my son will tell you I'm a paper guy. So I write it on paper. <laughs> yeah. And then what I have is I use Brian Moran. Brian Moran is the author year. of the 12-week 12, 12 year, and I use that plan for everybody. And yeah. so at the beginning of the week, I look at my 12-week year and what are my rocks I'm moving this week, and then I break it down. You know, when I come in in the morning, you know, if I'd have time later, later, that, later that day or what I'm going to do in the morning, and I go, okay, this is what I got to do today. And then if I don't like what's going on, I got to really look at adjusting my calendar. Yeah. Like if I got too many meetings, I can't get to this. I'm like, wow, why, why am I not blocking this time to do the stuff that's most important? So, so I use that model and I think that's helped me a lot over the years of setting up my calendar and my schedule. And when my schedule is flowing, then I'm flowing. Yeah. And that allows me to come up with, you know, good videos and good content and things that we do in our business. But I think scheduling is a big deal for people because they have too little space in their life yep. and they don't like the pace of their life. So to me, I'm always looking at, do I like the pace of my life? And I don't, I try to pay attention to that. And if I don't do that, then everything else starts to fall apart, including lifestyle habits. It's funny. I was just pulling up my um, phone here. So it, I go to my calendar every, every Wednesday, you know, from one to three, it's already pre-booked in my calendar strategic think time. And I've been doing this for years and it's funny how many people I've shared this with, but nobody really ever does it. Um, but just having think time put on your calendar on repeat, you know, I used to, I used to do an hour and a half of it. Now it's two hours where I just sit down with my black journal here, an ink pen and no technology and just think. And sometimes you literally just sit there and you kind of look out the window and you just, but you think, and, and I have found it to be some of the most critically important time for me as a leader, as a father, as a husband, of anything I do all week long. Well, and I think the big thing you're saying right there is you give yourself some stillness. And yeah. in that stillness is where all the good stuff comes out. If you looked at, you know, how the mind works, you have the conscious, subconscious and unconscious. And so again, that two hour block gives you that space in your mind to, to think. And again, 
about talk about sharpening the saw. I mean, how incredible is that? And then people will say, well, I don't have time to do that. You don't have time not to. <laughs> right. If you don't have time not to, then you need that time because the time we love to waste is not wasted time. You might be looking out the window, but you're getting your mind right for some something crazy good in your world. That's right. So That's right. I always have to remind myself, like I was flying back from Houston uh, a week ago and I'm on the plane and I'm like, all these things came in my brain because I didn't have, I wasn't watching TV. I wasn't, you know, texting. I wasn't doing anything except just sitting there. And then I had, I'm right with you. I'm paper guy. I'm writing the stuff down. Right. I'm like, wow, okay, <laughs> that's cool. I need to write, you know what I mean? But it, right. but you have to have that stillness to let these things up. And I, so I love what you're saying, have that on repeat and, yeah. and do it every week. And again, it, I, I think it needs to be, not something you don't do once a month, but you do weekly. Yeah, absolutely. So where do our listeners find more of Chris Johnson and On Target Living? Where should we be sending them in the show notes here? Well, I think you could send, uh, it's our website, which is ontargetliving.com. And if you want to give them my email, I'm happy to chat with them. As you know, my son, Matt, used to say, Dad, you're too available. I'm like, uh, that's the goal. So, and I think Matt's <laughs> definitely changed his tune over time because we're here to help you. But my my email is my name, Chris Johnson with a C, all one word, at ontargetliving.com. So, yeah, awesome. we have a great team. We have a lot of resources. Podcast comes out every week. And um, we have to get you on our podcast. Let's do it. I would love it, man. Yeah, would be fun. Absolutely. We'll, uh, well, great. This has been awesome. And uh, always love spending time with the Johnson family. And uh, keep up the great work with On Target Living. And, uh, and just thanks again for being on the Circuit of Success. My pleasure. See you, Brett.